everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. My guess is that you have been reading or hearing the story of Daniel and the lion's den all wrong all these years. Uh, Today we are looking at Daniel chapter 4 to chapter 6, and I'm hoping there's a couple things that I can highlight here. I know that Daniel in the lion's den is probably one of the most popular stories in the Bible ever, and probably lots of people who aren't even believers know the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, But there's a couple details in it that you probably haven't caught before, and there's a couple things you should know about it that you may not have heard before. Looking at Daniel chapter 4 to 6, Uh, Chapter four is about Nebuchadnezzar basically sort of losing his mind and losing his power in his kingdom. Uh, He wanders off into a field and he ends up eating grass and he lives out in the open and basically all of his power and all of his authority is taken away from him. Chapter five is about how King Belshazzar, not Belteshazzar, Belshazzar, uh, is kind of reveling in this giant party in his palace, and he brings up the gold and silver cups from the temple in Jerusalem so that he can have everybody at his party drink out of them, and this hand shows up on the wall, and he is put to shame. Basically, the hand on the wall writes on the wall, essentially, uh, that he is going to lose all his power, and King Belshazzar loses all his power that night. He's actually killed that night. And then Daniel chapter 6 is Daniel in the lion's den, where King Darius uh, signs an injunction, signs a decree that basically he is the most powerful king in all the land, and everyone should pray to and serve him. And he is put to shame because Daniel is thrown in the lion's den. Daniel survives the lion's den. Darius makes a new proclamation that no one should serve any god but Daniel's god. So the interesting thing about these chapters is that a lot of times we talk about Daniel in the lion's den and we just pull the story out of the book of Daniel without looking at what is around it. And just with me kind of going through these chapters, you'll notice that the theme of Really, the book and the theme of these couple of chapters is that God is powerful, God is sovereign, God deserves all the honor and glory, and God does whatever he wants with any ruler he wants. So Nebuchadnezzar would have been the most powerful king at the time. Uh, He would have been reigning over the largest empire at the time, and God basically turns him into a cow. And then at the end of that story, Nebuchadnezzar declares that God is the only God and nobody should serve anybody but the God of heaven and earth. Uh, Then you get the the second story of Belshazzar. Uh, Belshazzar is humiliated by God and the entire audience that hears this vision interpreted by Daniel understands that there is no God but Daniel's God. And then when Daniel is thrown in the lion's den, it is King Darius that declares to the entire nation, empire, kingdom, that there is no God but Daniel's God. So one of my pet peeves with the story of Daniel in the lion's den is that the point is not how faithful Daniel is. The the point of Daniel in the lion's den is never uh, that Daniel is amazing and we should all dare to be a Daniel. Is that a great lesson? Sure, it probably is. 
but the lesson of these stories in context is that God is great and God is over all authorities. God is over all dangers. God is over all events. God is sovereign. God rules. God does what he wants to do. And so it is not Daniel that is great. It is God that is great. We should not strive to be like Daniel. We should strive to be like God. If we try to be like Daniel, um, we're just going to be defeated. We're not meant to be Daniel. Uh, We weren't made to be Daniel. Uh, We were made to honor the Lord and lift up the name of the Lord. And so there's there's a couple things here in Daniel that I also think, I, I opened the episode talking about how there are some details you may have missed. Probably one of the favorite things that I have noticed with the book of Daniel is how many things Daniel has in common with Jesus in Daniel 6. Now, you might listen to me and you might think this is a little bit of a stretch, uh, but it is it is pretty remarkable. Uh, Daniel is basically set up. Daniel is faithfully praying to God every single day, three times a day. Uh, that's not some kind of weird ancient custom. That is just what Daniel has decided to do. If you want to see what his prayers are like, you can look at Daniel chapter 9 because it is... Uh, a recording of one of his prayers. Uh, But Daniel's in this habit of praying all the time. And so when people try to find a fault in Daniel so that they can ruin his power and his authority and his influence, uh, the only thing they can do is falsely accuse him. And so Daniel has to be part of this this plan uh, where he will be accused of breaking the law. He hasn't really broken any laws except for the people that, that are out to get him know that he will consistently be praying. Uh, And he is indeed apprehended while he is praying. Uh, Interesting thing about that is that Jesus himself was falsely accused. The people wanted to get him out of the way. They couldn't find any fault in him. So all they could do is set up kind of a false charge and try to catch him in it. And they also catch him while he is making a point of praying to God uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. So the, the two of them are falsely accused. The two of them are apprehended while praying. Uh, They are brought before the royal ruler in the region. Uh, Here, Daniel's brought before Darius. Jesus is brought before Pilate. Uh, Both of the royal rulers in both of the stories do not want to charge this person or condemn this person to death. Uh, They are essentially like shocked that anybody would seek to kill Jesus or anybody would seek to kill Daniel. Uh, But the accusers are still set Uh, against Daniel and against Jesus, and the ruler is caught in a tight place, and they have to carry out the punishment that they've been asked to carry out. So Pilate washes his hands of Jesus' blood, and Darius spends all night without sleeping at all. He's obviously extremely tormented. Um, Then we have both Daniel and Jesus handed over into punishment. Now, this is where I'm in probably a little bit more of a stretch than usual, but Jesus is actually put to death on the cross, uh, which was a horrible, horrible form of capital punishment. Daniel is essentially put to death. I think when the when people are thrown into a lion's den, they are not expected to survive. Actually, you can see where Daniel's thrown in the den and the lions leave him alone. But the text actually makes sure to tell you that all of Daniel's accusers later on, when they're thrown in the lion's den, before they even hit the ground, the lions destroy them and eat them. So Daniel was essentially a dead man when he was thrown into this tomb. And there is a cover put over the tomb, and there is a seal that marks the tomb. 
It's kind of a fun little detail or an interesting little detail that you might miss if you don't really pay attention to it. But uh, Pilate makes sure that Jesus' tomb is sealed and guarded, and Darius makes sure that Daniel's tomb is sealed and guarded. Now, the other crazy thing is that early in the morning, with Jesus it was three days later, with Daniel it was only one day later, early in the morning people run down to the tomb hoping to find something that indicates that this person is alive. Jesus on the third day uh, walks out of the tomb completely alive. He went in a dead man, he came out living. Uh, Daniel, in this kind of rhetorical sense, went into the tomb a dead man and comes out living. In both instances, uh, everybody who encounters this person uh, after they emerge from the tomb is significantly impacted. And along with the theme of Daniel 4, 5, and 6, uh, Darius proclaims that everybody needs to serve Daniel's God. And with Jesus, he comes out of the tomb and basically like makes a profound impact on around 500 people before he ascends into heaven and reminds everybody to make disciples. So these two stories are really similar. I think that is really, really interesting. Uh, Daniel serves as a kind of literary figure that points to Jesus, uh, but ultimately, don't get it twisted, these stories are about how powerful, how great, how awesome, how reliable, how faithful our God is, and not about how amazing Daniel is. So don't mix it up. Uh, Daniel might be a great example to follow, but Jesus is an even greater example to follow, and we look to him for our salvation. One of my favorite things to say about this story is that when Daniel walked out of the tomb alive, he saved only his own life. God was faithful to him uh, and kept him alive throughout the night, but when Jesus walked out of the tomb alive, he actually saved all of our lives. So Daniel had a very small influence. Jesus had a much bigger influence. Uh, Daniel is an allusion to Jesus, but Jesus is ultimately much, much, much greater than Daniel. So I love this story. I enjoy it a lot. Um, hopefully you get a lot out of it. I think my encouragement to you for your part today is just not to get these stories mixed up. Like we want to strive to be like Jesus. We want to worship Jesus because God is much greater than any character in any of these stories. And I believe uh, that is as is what is at the center of uh, of Daniel 4 to 6. So hope you enjoyed this little bit. We'll be back again tomorrow looking at Daniel 7 to 9. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Daniel chapter 4. King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid. As I lay in bed, the fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me, so I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me, that they should make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and all the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me the interpretation. At last Daniel came in before me, he who was named Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, and in whom was the spirit of the holy gods, 
And I told him the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too difficult for you. Tell me the visitations of my dream that I saw in their interpretation. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were bountiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all the flesh was fed from it. I saw in the vision of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze, amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts of the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's, and let a beast's mind be given to him. And let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision of the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, and gives it to him who will, and sets over it the lowest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw. And you, O Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation, because all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream of the interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. The tree you saw, which grew and became strong so that its top reached the heavens, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth, whose leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in which the food for all, under which beasts of the field found shade, and in whose branches the birds of the heavens lived. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens, and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven, and saying, Chop down this tree and destroy it, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze, in the tender grass of the field, and let him be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field, till seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the Most High, which has come from my lord the king, that you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time shall pass over you. You know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, and gives it to whom he will. And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know the heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness, and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that they may perhaps be lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, and the king answered and said, is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. 
and you shall be made to eat the grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among the men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, and his hair grew as long as the eagle's feathers, and his nails were like the bird's claws. At the end of the day, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can stay this hand, or say to him, What have you done? At the same time my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol the honor of the king of heaven, for all his works are right, and all his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Chapter 5 King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords, and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the king and the lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the kings and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. Immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall in the king's palace, opposite the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote. Then the king's color changed and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way and his knees knocked together. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers. The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed, and his color changed, and his lords were perplexed. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banqueting hall, and the queen declared, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you, or your color change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers. Because an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems was found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king answered and said to Daniel, You are that Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king my father brought from Judah. I have heard of you, that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not show the interpretation of the matter. But I have heard that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Now if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, 
the Most High God, gave Nebuchadnezzar your father kingship and greatness and glory and majesty. And because of the greatness that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he killed, and whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he raised up, and whom he would, he humbled. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down from his kingly throne, and his glory was taken from him. He was driven from among the children of mankind, and his mind was made like that of a beast, and his dwelling was like that of a wild donkey. He was fed grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, until he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind, and sets over it whom he will. And you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this, but you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven, and the vessels of his house have been brought in before you. And you and your lords, your wives and your concubines, have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold and bronze and iron and wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know. But the God in whose hands is your breath, and whose are all your ways, you have not honored. Then from his presence the hand was sent, and this writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed. Mene, Mene, Tekel, and Parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Mene. God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Paris, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and Daniel was clothed with purple, and a chain of gold was put around his neck, and a proclamation was made about him, and he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about sixty-two years old. Chapter 6 It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom the satraps should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all and the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find ground to complain against Daniel, with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault, because he was faithful, and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O king Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction, that whoever makes petition to any god or man for thirty days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish this injunction and sign the document, so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore King Darius signed the document and the injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went up to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction, that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within thirty days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, the thing stands fast, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, 
but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and the Persians, that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at the break of day the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent this angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and these men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought in and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. For his kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall never end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.